Good evening, everyone. It's Necro Thursday. Welcome to the Necromaniacs podcast. I'm here with co-host Jeff Kashid. How's it going, Jeff? I'm all right, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I uh, we we both got some some problems today. I'm having some uh, internet issues, and you're having some uh, some issues. I usually have something something with uh, with bugs. Yeah, there's uh, ants and um, centipedes. <laughs> so. Uh, hmm. Yeah, just right before the call, the exterminator showed up uh, unannounced. But I appreciate the uh, punctuality of this guy, even though like uh, we didn't have an actual appointment and no one told me he was coming today. But I appreciate the diligence of showing up and taking care of this issue that I got here. Yeah, that's that's always a good thing. Uh, this seems to be a problem down here with <laughs> people showing up when they're supposed to. Uh, but it is what it is. I hope your bug situation is is, is swiftly taken care of. Is you know, as we mentioned last time we spoke, you know, we got all manner of critters uh, in this house. I think there's a uh, sort of genetic hatred for bugs that humans have because I fucking can't stand bugs, man. No, I, I really, really, really can't stand them. I've always just had this uh, irrational fear of them, especially spiders. And, uh, you know, bees, well, bees can actually hurt you. Yeah. I actually got stung for the first time, uh, since I was like six or seven, about a month ago. And, uh, no surprise. I was like, oh, that actually hurts more than you expected to. Yeah. I've been stung by bees and wasps and stuff like that in the past. Yeah. It was a wasp that got me. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, It's not fun. And, uh, you know, it's summer here in, in Texas, and, you know, bugs are everywhere. I'm ready for it to be over. I'm ready for 65 degrees and, uh, and uh, you know, early sundown. I'm, re- I'm ready for the fall, man. Yeah, I, uh, and summer's definitely winded down, man. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to the fall, and uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, hopefully a good, a good autumn, you know. Yeah, you got some exciting things going on around that time. Well, I've just found out that, that exciting thing got postponed till the spring. So uh, I'm gonna. Be, oh man, I'm gonna be stuck here. Well, not stuck, but it, it, there's there's some. We can't really talk about all the details right now, but there there's definitely some uh, positives for getting postponed till the spring, and um, you know, just as far as like uh, general stuff that has to do with like uh, you know having. You know, you know, ban business related shit. You know what I mean? That's like more favorable to us doing this really cool thing next fall. Next, uh, I'm sorry, next spring, as opposed right. to in a couple months. But you know, I don't want to talk about it. It's like it's something that was never announced, but it's 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 something cool that's still in the future pending. So I'm looking forward to that. You know. Well, Mike, that'll give you plenty of time to sit around and watch stuff. <laughs> well, you know, man, this is my favorite time of year, and it's like this is like uh, actual Halloween time that we can actually do things you know last year was a little bit uh you know we're still kind of in the grips of the pandemic i think we had the delta variant which just uh surfaced last year and um as well as some personal stuff i had going on that sort of got in the way of me fully Mm -hmm. enjoying the season you know so this year i'll do the full uh you know 30 days of halloween and you know and all that shit man it'll be good times i think yeah, yeah. I think every October I really do try to binge on uh, horror movies, and um, you know there'll be some trick or treating this year and things like that. And that Halloween spirit hopefully will be in 
in full swing again because it's been a long time. I mean, just even when there wasn't a pandemic living in Los Angeles in an apartment in Hollywood, you don't really get a lot of like trick-or-treaters or kids coming around or anything like that. People just aren't as uh, festive for, the, for that holiday uh, where I used to live. Yeah, I can see that, man. Brooklyn, Brooklyn was the same way. And then, you know, I moved out here in the middle of the pandemic or the beginning of the pandemic. I had the whole experience of it out here. And uh, so this is like the first summer that's actually felt pretty normal. And I'm looking forward to having an autumn, which is, you know, fairly normal. So that, that, yeah. that's good. You know, it's a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of sitting around and watching stuff, you seen anything, read anything, listened to anything? Uh, yeah, I saw a couple things. Um, All right. You know, the new Beavis and Butthead movie. <laughs> <laughs> How is that? Great. It's just like back in the late 90s, man. It's awesome. You know, I'm, I've always loved Beavis and Butthead, so that was fun. Yeah, my judge is a very funny guy. I think I mentioned on this podcast that I did a rewatch of Silicon Valley, which is a Mike Judge project. Yeah. Yeah, very, very, very funny sensibilities. So the movie's good, though. Yeah, or is it I, a movie or a show? It's a movie, and then they have a whole new season. So I watched the movie and the first two episodes of the new series, and it was great. I mean, they there's they they justify them being in the modern era too, which is cool. You know, and still being kids, still being like teenagers. You know, which is really funny. right. Yeah, you know, I mean, Mike Judge is a fucking genius so he figured out a really funny way to make that stuff you know happen you know yeah there are very few missteps in his career uh, i don't think any of his movies were huge hits but they became cult favorites after the fact uh when office space came out i think you know no one saw that but now at this point everyone has seen that it's a classic yeah definitely um i checked out the the premiere of the new game of thrones uh series you know house of the dragon and, oh, how is it? Um, you know, it's okay. I uh, <laughs> a ringing endorsement. Well, I I don't. It's hard to say. You know, I mean, I I I was a fan. Like I was like a slow fan of the old original series, the first you know run. And uh, you you tune in again, and there's this thing of like wanting to catch up with the old characters. You know, and this is like taking right. taking place like 170 years before the uh you know that that show happened like that that era it's a different right. era in the in time and um it doesn't really i, I was kind of hoping it was going to focus on the starks because like they just seem like more of a badass family you know they got the dire wolf like you know that kind of thing sure and um i also caught uh glorious the on shutter the new mm. film that uh rebecca mckendry um directed and she's the yeah. co-host of a, a really good podcast called all the colors of the dark which i'm a fan of and uh oh okay yeah and i've seen her at cons and she's she's cool like she's um someone that i you know i root for her like i want her to do well like she's she's like a really cool like horror aficionado she's a you know professor that kind of thing and um oh great yeah do do what, what am i yeah we thoughts on it it was interesting it was cool there was like some definite parts of it i really really liked and uh you know it had like a cosmic horror vibe to it you know sort of a lovecraftian concept uh and, and in general i enjoyed it you know it's uh maybe something we could talk about at a future date but it, it was pretty good 
Sure, yeah. You know, you're the second person to, to mention that movie to me in the last uh, 24 hours. I had a friend text me and say he just watched it and kind of said the same. He's like, yeah, parts of it were, were, were really good. It was interesting. Couldn't really get a feel if he, like, you know, really liked it or not. He said it was worth a watch. So I'll, uh, I'll be checking that out for sure. And now I started listening to a brand new podcast that, uh, that Carl Hikara uh, recommended to me. Uh, the Full Moon Freak Show with uh, Charles Brand or Charles Band rather, sorry, and it's um, connected to the Full Moon Production Company, and it's got it's just in, it's an interview podcast, and I've been binging episodes of that. It comes out semi regularly. It's not like a weekly type of thing. Yeah, they had Kane Hodder, they had Tom Savini, uh, Barbara Crampton, Joe Bob Briggs, you know, people like that. And uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun, man. Good, good times listening to that. That sounds great. I had no idea that film company is not still around, is it? I don't know if they're making new content, but they have a new a channel on Amazon, hmm. which I actually oh. subscribe to it. And it's like all, you know, all the trashy films that they have. It's, you know the the yeah. puppet, puppet Master series. You know, I think yeah. Yeah, that uh, kind of, that Castle kind of. Freak. Castle yeah. Freak, I think, was a phone movie. Yeah. Yep, Castle Freak, based on The Outsider by Lovecraft. Yes. Yep. And yes. um, yeah. but it's it's just good, you know. He had like Rod, uh, not Roger Waters. <laughs> yeah, Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. No, <laughs> it was uh, John John Waters, the uh, legendary filmmaker, transgressive filmmaker. He was on the most recent episode, and you know, I love I love uh, pretty much. I just love listening to that guy talk, man. He's just so cool and got so many really interesting takes on everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more of a fan of him than I am his movies. I like, you say, I like to listen to him talk, kind of like Kevin Smith. He's great at talking. He says a lot of interesting things. Just doesn't really make a lot of stuff that I like. I, I'm with you on Kevin Smith, too. I, uh, I like some of his movies, but I like him as a dude. You know, and speaking about a guy that can talk, that that mother that motherfucker is a fucking gak gak own man. That dude can talk for like hours and hours and hours. My drummer actually grew up in the same town that Kevin Smith is from, and uh, oh okay, he did like um you know like a an event at the local high school or whatever. And I remember um Justin went to go check it out, and. uh he was like, yeah, I watched him talk, and then did, he did, like, a QA, and he's like, I, yeah. I had to tap out. He was there for, like, you know, like, an hour just talking to motherfuckers, and, like, <laughs> each question that he had, he would go into this, like, 45-minute, like, tirade, you know, like, like tangent by answering yeah. this dude's question, you know, which I, you know, I appreciate that. Like, it, he just seems like a good, a good dude, Kevin Smith, you know? Totally. And, uh, you know, I think the first time I ever even heard of a podcast was, was him, you know, but like, which, I mean, the whole format seems to be invented for a guy like him. Oh yeah. And, and a, a lot of that stuff that he's involved with is like literally blocks away from where our practice space is in Keyport. Like he has, um, he had a podcast studio and last summer they were doing live shows there and, uh, the, um, the the uh what was it called the secret stash um mm. sort of off i don't know if it's a store i haven't checked it out yet but it's like they got some presence in like a shopping center which is like 
literally right across the street from the Wawa that I go to every time I go to practice. And uh, so, yeah, he's like a very big presence in this part of New Jersey, like the central, you know, central Jersey shore area, you know. Hometown hero. Yeah. Right on, man. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah. That's and what great. about what about you, man? You check anything out? Well, a uh, couple of things we're going to talk about. I, uh, first off, I, I mentioned to you, not really horror related, but uh, I watched Saturday Night Fever the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and uh, you know what really struck me is I remembered it. I mean, I, I probably saw that when I was maybe 10. And, you know, uh, it's been a long time. And I seem to remember it as this fun a disco movie and one of those movies like break in like oh let's cash in on this disco thing uh you know or let's ca- cash in on this fad and that's not what the movie is at, at all it's much more interesting than that it's just this kind of uh character study about a guy who's a dancer yeah and uh it, it's a much darker movie than, than than i remember and much better than i expected because seeing it you know with like a 30-year gap or whatever, like, you know, you're basically seeing it for the first time. And uh, I was just struck by, like, you know, obviously 70s sensibilities and uh, the movie revolves around this guy who's kind of a piece of shit, you know, and (laughs) kind of like, like, you know, he's kind of dumb and dull and misogynistic, racist. And and then by the end of the movie, like, there's no lessons learned or anything. It's just he's sort of the same guy. It's more of this interesting character study than it is like about hey isn't this disco thing cool um yeah it, it was it was good i don't think uh i don't think movies are really made like that anymore you know that kind of movie anyways yeah it's it's definitely a, a really cool character study of a bunch of late 70s like uh bay ridge uh italian dudes you know what i mean uh, yeah, you know, one one guy jumps off the Verrazano Bridge, you know that kind of stuff. Like that's the only yeah I remember that from when I was a kid. That's like the only thing I remember. Yeah, I remember that part. Uh, and, and John Travolta is supposed to be nineteen, which is uh, hilarious to me because he's he looks like he's thirty, you know. Yeah. Um, which is again, you don't get that. I think people are cast more age appropriately in in, in in movies now, or maybe I'm just old and everyone seems young to me. And when I was young, everyone seemed old, 19 to like 30, might as well have been the same thing. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's on, uh, it's on Amazon. It's worth a watch. Uh, it, was, uh, it was cool to go back and, and, and see a, a film like that. And John, a reminder of John Travolta was, was once great. You know, he was like the uh, Brad Pitt of his day or whatever. Big movie star, but, you know, good actor. To to this day, my favorite John Travolta is definitely still uh, Pulp Fiction. Like I loved him in that movie. Oh yeah, I mean uh, Quentin Tarantino kind of brought him back from the brink of obscurity. He was, I think he was doing like it, if he was working, it was in straight to video kind of stuff or like really like bad just comedies. And Tarantino brought him back into the light and resurrected his his, his career basically. He was a lot to the Tarantino. The uh, like that Vincent Vela, Vela Vin, wasn't that his name in that? Vincent Vega. Vega, yeah, yeah. So, do you know that the um, there was supposed to be another movie because him and uh, the, the other character from Reservoir Dogs, that uh, yeah, that was that Irish guy, Michael, uh, whatever. 
that dude. Yeah, he's in all of Tarantino's movies. Yeah. So they were supposed yeah. they're 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 brothers, right? Right. There was supposed to be a Vega Brothers movie that had to do with their adventures in France. Yeah, I remember hearing about that, like uh, just yeah. almost right after Pulp Fiction, and you know, obviously Tarantino lost interest in it, and both those guys are uh, too old. So. Yeah, yeah, they kind of aged out of it, and it wouldn't have been nearly as cool to have like other guys playing them, you know, as younger people, you know. Yeah, I don't think it would have worked, you know. Um, other than that, you know, I checked out a documentary that I was telling you about, and maybe we'll talk about it at some point. It was called uh, My Amityville Horror. Yes. I, I think yep. you've seen it. Um, you yeah. know what? I did not see it, but I'm, I think, I remember I was telling you I wasn't sure. Well, um, now I'm yeah. sure, now I'm sure that I didn't see it. So, yeah. okay. Um, very, very, very interesting stuff. That's all I'll say about it. Uh, it's really about belief and scars of the past and uh and then and that kind of thing um there i think there'd be a lot to talk about with that one and uh what else another documentary i watched capturing the freedmans uh you've seen that right no i haven't seen that either oh boy uh if you have hbo max it's on there uh very dark stuff i don't want to give anything away it doesn't have to deal with the supernatural or anything like that but it's a very disturbing documentary that Kind of, it does what a really good documentary should. It doesn't really pull you in one way or the other. And at the end, you're kind of left to wonder what really happened and come up with your, I guess, come up with your own opinion. It's, uh, it's very good. I think it's probably about 15 years old at this point. But, and uh, it, was, it was great to rewatch that. Uh, very disturbing stuff. So if, you, if you're a fan of documentaries that, are, that might leave you a little unsettled, I highly recommend capturing the Freedmans. Yeah, maybe this weekend I'll check it out. Like I, I last weekend I was at Necronomicon for the entire yes. weekend. Yes. So, yeah. You know, but now and it's I'm free this weekend. So. Yeah. Um, I also, to transition to what we're going to talk about, I rewatched the Predator movies. Ah. <laughs> the, the four actual Predator movies. Not, not, not uh, watch Alien versus Predator. You didn't check that one out. No, I like. I think I mentioned in the last podcast. I caught like twenty minutes of it a while back, and I thought, yeah, yeah, I'm good with this, <laughs> you know. And there's two of them, so, uh, and I think I saw about twenty minutes of the other one. And uh, something about the, the coloring of the Alien versus Predator Two, like, it was just too dark. I don't know if it was the TV I had, but you couldn't really see anything. Um, pretty glaring oversight that you make a movie where you can't see anything that's happening. Uh, but yeah, it was it was interesting, and those four movies I'm sure are going to come up as we discuss uh, Prey today. Yeah, or Predator Five. Yeah, <laughs> right. So before we get going, I just want to give our uh, our shout outs to our uh, apocalyptic podcast brethren out there. Of course, we got Horror Wolf Six Six Six. On Monday, into the Necrosphere on Tuesday, my personal podcast, which is more or less like, uh, you know, my online, uh, you know, diary or whatever, <laughs> live journal, whatever you want to call it, Everything Went Black is on Wednesday. Thursday is Necromaniacs. It's Necro Thursday. Hashtag Necro Thursday. Uh, Friday rounds out the week, the work week. With Break the Apocalypse, fe featuring Mike Scandato's brother John Draper. 
okay? And then we have mm-hmm. a brand new, brand new compatriot, and that's uh, Carl, Carl Hikara's Sold Knox, which goes up on Sundays. And it's funny, I was talking to Carl, and he was like, you know, I, I'm going to put it out on a day that none of you other guys are putting out your episodes. So he's publishing his show on Sundays. So we have almost seven days of the week covered. We need someone to launch their podcast on Saturday so that we can have a seven-day trip going on with podcast and content going on. <laughs> yeah. You know, seven That'd days. Be fantastic. Seven days a week, man. Nonstop. Yeah. I do a lot of driving uh, for work and things like that. I'm constantly listening to podcasts. So something new, something to fill in that uh, Saturday gap would be fantastic. Yeah, I spend a lot of time sitting here by myself uh, working. Um, you know, I don't really go into the office. It's like I decided that it's like I go into the office and I'm alone for the most part. So it's like <laughs> I just stay here, you know. If I have to go places for meetings, I do that. But uh, generally, I'm at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm generally on the road. I just discovered Bill Maher has a podcast. Really? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh, so you checked it out? <laughs> yeah, I, I checked out a couple. You know, I, you know, I kind of, in a way, well, you know, I've been watching him on TV since, what, 93, Politically Incorrect was, 94, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I still check out his HBO show every now and again. He's sort of become a cranky old man, and I think uh, this is coming from someone who likes his show. I've always found him to be kind of a, an, an asshole. And uh, he, with a podcast format, you know, it's just it's just him talking at people and ranting and raving like, a, you know, about health and things like that. I don't know. If you're a fan of Bill Maher, it's interesting to, get, uh, to, to listen to because it's not good. <laughs> you would think a guy who talks for a living would be better at it. But, you know, he's got first get, year he, of a podcast. He's got guests? What's that? It's a guest? Yeah, he had, Quentin, okay. he had Quentin Tarantino on. And uh, it takes place, you know, he has like a mansion in Hollywood somewhere and he's got this little like club area. Uh, the project is called Club Random where people come over, they smoke weed, they drink. Uh, it, it seems maybe like he's trying to emulate Joe Rogan a little, you know? Sounds like it actually. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it also highlights how good Rogan is that, you know, whether you agree with him or not or like his podcast, I'm somewhere in the middle on that. Um, He's good at it. Yeah. You know, he's good at what he does. And yeah. I, Bill Ma- I, I, I'm, <laughs> not, not. I, I'm not as big of a Joe Rogan fan these days just because, um, like, as you know, I don't really like comedy. I don't really like comedians. And uh, generally, I, I, find, I find, like, comedians have, like, kind of, like, uninformed opinions about things for the most part. Um, and uh, I, I liked it better when Joe Rogan – I like the Fleshlight days – best with joe rogan you know what i mean yeah that's before my time that's like the the 2013 era or you know maybe even before yeah when it was more about like you know he had a lot of mma guys on there it was like this kind of like irreverent sort of thing and um once he started getting like serious guests on there maybe maybe with the exception of graham hancock i thought graham hancock was like the perfect guest for him because he was like you know smart and well-respected, but also had this kind of, like, really, you know, like, he was well-informed, Grant Hancock. He was, like, an academic, but also he was talking about things that were that were pretty, you know, speculative, and I appreciated that. 
But when he started having, you know, these like right wing sort of guys on there, even though I appreciate everyone's, you know, perspective on stuff. Sure. R- R- Rogan just doesn't really have like the intellectual sort of acuity, I think, to go deep into some of these things and to disseminate what's real and what's not real, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, I think I remember in the early, didn't he have some like UFC guy who's like a conspiracy nut who was always on that show? Oh, yeah. Well, Eddie Bravo. He wasn't in the UFC, but he's like a jujitsu uh, master, you know? And, and he. Right. But, but, you know, back then, conspiracies were cool. It was cool to have, have entertain these wild ideas. It was, no one was getting killed, at, you know, back then. You know what I mean? Yeah, no one, no one was trying to hang the vice president. Yeah, or, like, like, overthrow the government or, you know, anything, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, anyhow. Yeah, let's, I don't want to <laughs> get out, too much into that. Really. Like there a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, the brand new film, Prey, which uh, was released officially July 21st, 2022 at the San Diego Comic-Con, and then to the world on August 5th, 2022, via Hulu. And uh, then that's interesting in and of itself, I think, that there was no theatrical release for this movie. I totally agree with you, and especially after seeing it, this movie almost begs to be seen in a theater. Um, like the sound is phenomenal. It looks great. Almost looks too great at, in times. I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah. yeah, I found it kind of weird too, but also at the same time, a safer bet. Like as I mentioned before, I went back and watched all the Predator movies, and to say <laughs> there's inconsistencies in quality since the first one would be an understatement. And uh, I don't know if you saw Shane Black's last Predator movie, The Predator, or Predator 4. Uh, It was really bad, and it tanked really bad. And so the studio is probably like, well, we still own the rights, the intellectual property to the Predator. There's still money to be made. How can we do this? And the result is Prey, Uh, something that went straight to streaming. Again, safe bet. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a real interesting decision, you know. And and uh, this movie is a little bit long too; it's a hundred minutes. Hmm. Yeah, about the length of the original. I think the original is actually a little bit longer. We, we'll 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 get to comparing it to the original because like there's definitely like some things I want to say about the original sure. versus the new one. Um, so let's. The director is uh, Dan uh, Trockenberg. Trakenberg, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name. And he did uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. He did some yeah. uh, a lot of a lot of like like streaming television stuff like Black Mirror. Bunch oh, okay, great. Yeah, did some yeah episodes, I didn't know that. Some Black Mirror episodes. Some episodes on The Boys, which is probably my favorite uh, streaming show right now. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the screenplay was by uh, Patrick Asen and uh, Dan Trakenberg. So he had a hand in writing this as well. Yeah. Um, did you like Ten Cloverfield Lane? Um. Yeah, that was pretty good. It once again, yeah. it was like, yeah, I liked it. You know, did I love it? No, but I liked it. I thought it was cool. I mean, really well acted. I liked that. You know, it it was good. I got nothing bad like to it. say about yeah. it. You know what I mean? Solid, solid movie. Could work as a stage play. I love stuff like that. Could have worked as an episode of The Twilight Zone back in the day. I, I really liked it. Uh, there's three Cloverfield movies. I think that's the best one. 
What's the one that took place out in uh, outer space like that? They sort of just tacked on like this like connection to the Cloverfield universe. Remember that one? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I remember it because I was watching the Super Bowl, uh, and they were, that's when they dropped the big surprise. Like, hey, there's a new Cloverfield movie. You can watch it right after the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, by the time the Super Bowl was over, I was just fucking annihilated. And I'm like, I remember watching your Cloverfield movie. <laughs> and I, I actually rewound because I was like, I must have just been really drunk because I just watched an entire movie didn't even remember it. And when I watched it again, it was like, oh, no, it's just because it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, really bad. And also the connection to Cloverfield was like real ropey, I thought, man. You know? Like, yeah. They just kind of tacked was, on something at the end. Oh, yeah, it's a Cloverfield tie-in, you know? Yeah, which Dan Trattenberg sort of avoided that in his movie. It, 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 it was like more of a thematic spiritual sequel than a direct sequel. Uh, which I liked. And the third one tried to be more of a direct sequel to explain where the creature came from or something. I, I, I don't remember it. I just remember really not liking it and laughing a lot during <laughs> when, when it was not a comedy. So I run down some of the key people in, uh, in this um, little drama that we're going to discuss here. Of course, we have uh, Amber Mid-Thunder as Naru. She's the, uh, the star of the film. This uh, Comanche, young Comanche lady. Her brother is played by uh, Dakota Beavers as Tabe. That's his name in the film. And he's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's a skilled hunter. He's uh, very capable. Um, and then the Predator, the information I have shows the Predator being played by Dane DeLiegro. DeLiegro. Okay. Not yeah. a name I recognize. Yeah. I don't really know anyone in this movie, to be honest. Yeah, I don't either. I think it was some people's first time. I know it was the brother uh, um, of the main character. That was his first acting role and the main character. Uh, she's been on some TV and stuff like that that I haven't seen. But uh, this may be her feel- This is definitely, I think, her first lead role anyway. Yeah, she was good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she did a, she, she did a good job. You know, it's not always easy to carry a movie like this on your shoulders, and she she did she did great, great, yeah, yeah. So that that's the main players, you know. So it, you know, Naru is uh, a young lady Comanche, uh, and you know, back then, in in these indigenous societies where you're living out in the in the basically in the wilderness, it's as you can imagine, it's a uh, patriarchal society. You know, men mm-hmm. men kind of run the show. They got to go out and hunt. You know, the warriors and the women generally are uh, you know gathering and um, you know t- keeping uh, the home in in order, cooking that kind of thing. You know, yeah. Um, so Nauru, though she's capable at all those things, has developed a very very advanced skill set within hunting and combat. It appears. So she, her desire is to transcend uh, the patriarchal, um, you know, uh, restrictions that are placed on all the women in the Comanche society, and uh, become a hunter. So there's like that. That it's one of these films, you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, we're bucking the system. We're, you know, we're, we want to be something that is it goes against the grain, and and that's cool. You know, I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, where is it a bit, uh, on the nose with some of its themes? 
in this movie. Um, I guess I should mention, like, you know, it's been a couple weeks since this came out, and I've looked at some of the discourse going on about the movie, and, you know, I see this term Mary Sue being thrown around a lot, like, oh, she's just good at everything. But uh, I think the movie does a really good job of setting this character up as very intuitive, very smart. She's good with medicine. Uh, you know, this is this hunting, uh, wanting to be a hunter is some new thing. This has been something she's wanted for a long time. So it's not like she just became this badass overnight because she had to. It kind of establishes why someone like this could go up against something like a predator. You know, it's I, th- I thought they established that really well. Yeah, and to everyone out there who wants to talk shit, it's like this is a fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have a serious doubts that an alien predator came down back in uh, 1719 and, and uh, you know, it was battle, there was battles with, like, indigenous people in North America. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is a, a comic book story, you know? So, chill out. You know, no one's trying to, like, uh, take anything away from you by presenting a strong female character. And uh, just chill out, man. Enjoy the movie and uh, and shut the fuck yeah, up, yeah. basically, you know? Everybody calm the fuck down. <laughs> it's basically what I came away with, like, reading about this movie. I mean, there's also saying this is the best movie of, of the year, and I uh, don't, don't quite agree with that either. But anyway. Yeah, it's definitely not the best movie of the year. Uh, <laughs> for sure it's not, especially because we've seen some really cool movies this year, and then there's... Also, some really good stuff that's yet to come out this year, which I'm looking forward to as well. So, same, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, so yeah, right, go, go ahead. ahead. What were you going to say, man? Go ahead. I don't even know. <laughs> go ahead. I just want to talk about the predator as as like a uh, character in the all of the all of the the whole series. What yes. a fucking okay. what a, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Have they ever really established? Like, I think the the third and the fourth movie attempted more world building, and it wasn't that interesting. I mean, it, to me, it's just kind of cooler. Like, it's just this thing. It hunts. It takes trophies. It's from outer space. The less you know about it, the better. The sickest thing about the predator is that it just loves killing things. You know what I mean? Like, it kills like like a, a fucking rabbit, a snake. Uh, humans, like to him, everything is equal. He just likes killing and destroying, you know? Yeah, and, and, and this one does a good job of setting that up that, like, it goes, doesn't go after any living thing. It goes after other predators. It goes after uh, things that are a threat to something else. There's that one scene where the, you know, I think it's a mouse eats a bug, the snake eats the mouse, and then the fucking predator kills the snake, you know, or something like that. It was, it was something like that. Um, that. That was actually a cool a cool uh, scene, you know, and uh, but I'm just like, man, this motherfucker is like, just likes to kill, you know, and he just shows up on all these planets and just killed shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much all all they do, which kind of makes me want to ask you do we even need five predator movies i'm gonna say we only needed the first one really (laughs) well like there's this like weird need to franchise everything like with the terminator you get one the original it's great years later you get a sequel and that ends up being great and then you get four more sequels after that that are all terrible like maybe that idea only has so much steam 
And then you look at Alien, same thing. First one, great horror sci-fi. Second one comes out years and years later. A little bit different formula, a little bit more action, a little bit more going on. And then it's nothing but shit after that. You know, two sequels, two prequels. The Alien really isn't that interesting. It's just this killing machine. It's and not I kind of feel all. the same way about Predator. Yeah. Yeah, Predator definitely is not interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, there's really no motivation, you know, other than collecting trophies, I guess. And, um, right. And also, the other thing about the, about the Predator is that such a brutal um, being... Like, I, I also wonder, and this is probably too much thought to even put into this, is that type of civilization, were they ever really developed to the point where they have intergalactic space travel? Yeah, I, I think it's funny, right? I thought of that myself. There's this one very unnecessary shot in the movie of the spaceship coming, coming into, uh, you know, coming to Earth. Uh, and I was like... Who builds these? <laughs> like, if their their whole existence is to just go and kill, like, who makes like their their, their machines or or their their weapons or what is their structure to their society? Um, that might be interesting, and I I think they tried to touch on that in the third movie, Predators, with Adrian Brody, but it, it zoomed out a little bit, but it it just didn't didn't really work. And that, and that ties back to your your statement earlier that it's like, do we really need all these movies, really? And like, I'm just like, the the idea of it of it having just the first the first one was was great, it was perfect. You had Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, like you had a really sick cast. Everyone's all like roided out, you know, and sweaty and shit like that. <laughs> like, it, it is your quintessential '80s action movie. I will say, like, I just like I having just rewatched it. It holds up very, very well. Like that is a excellently, like, it's just like leagues above what was going on in the eighties at the time, as far as filmmaking craft. Like it holds up really, really well today. It's a good movie. It's not just a nostalgia trip. Like oh, we're in the, like, like some Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, you go back and watch and you kind of roll your eyes. Like, I actually like this, you know. But Predator, you know, John McTiernan, he uh, he would go on to do Die Hard, which uh, probably what maybe the greatest action movie of all time. Sure, it's one of them at least. Yeah, one of them, yeah. one of the top ones for sure. You know, but yeah, if they had just stopped with the first one, you can kind of you don't you don't need to know more about the predator. You don't need to know about what his motivations are. It's just like okay, there's this creature. He might be the only one like this, or maybe this is he's the one guy like in his race who's into killing. You know, or you know, what I'm trying to say like you don't. It's like a rough draft. It's like a short story. Or like a um, a comic book story in like a, an eerie comics, you know, the Warren series, like anthology or something like that. You know, it's like one story about this particular character. But when you start going across different times and, you know, different eras in history, it implies that the entire civilization is, is this is what they do. And also, we're, in this particular movie, we're going back to 1719. Okay. Right. You know, and let's say that the Predator, first Predator film took place in like the 80s, the 1980s, you know. So there's no indication that their technology or society or civilization has changed in like over 100 years. You know what I mean? So I I know this is probably too much to really 
think about a movie like this but it's like <laughs> but that's how i think man you know i'm sorry but these are the things that i think about when i watch these fucking movies no oh, me too well you know it's interesting you mentioned that. the second one kind of builds on that idea more it kind of you know explained like there's a predator at loose in los angeles in 1997 i think the movie came out in like 91 or 92 but they said it in 97 uh, whatever <laughs> um but they uh, kind of established okay there, there's one it's basically like you know uh, a lesser version of the first one, same same plot, but it's in Los Angeles, and you got Danny Glover, it's in Arnold Schwarzenegger. But in the end, spoilers for Predator Two, a movie that came out thirty years ago, <laughs> um, you see that there's a bunch of predators show up at the end, and they give him a trophy, they give Danny Glover a trophy, which is a gun from the era that this movie we're talking about takes place in. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't catch it when I was watching Prey, but I did catch it when I watched Predator 2. I was like, I think that's the same gun that the Fur Trappers, I think it's the exact same gun that, that uh, our, our character takes from one of the Fur Trappers. So I think there was some nods to Predator 2 in, in, in Prey, which was very interesting. Yeah, that doesn't even make any sense, though, because, uh, you know, uh, Naru kills the Predator, right? So how, yeah. do, they, how, do, they get that, how do they get that gun? You know, like, well, I have a theory. We're going to get more of this. <laughs> it's like <laughs> fucking... Oh, by the way, uh, of course, you know, no spoiler alert, uh, Naru <laughs> kills the Predator. I mean, I don't think that was ever a question that that was going to happen or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is basically... You could call any of these sequels, I mean, sort of a remake, too, because they're the same movie every, every time. Just uh, different degrees of quality, I think. Well, what would have been great is if the Predator actually killed everyone and it just fucking left, <laughs> like left the planet Earth. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> It didn't, uh, it didn't, uh, yeah, <laughs> the total downer ending. Like it's, it goes, um, in, you know how he, he takes the skulls and he rips the, the spine out. There's like, he kills the main character and there's like a scene where he's like ripping her, her spine and her head off and cleaning the skull and they just gets in his spaceship and flies away to the next place, you know? Yeah, laughing hysterically while Magic Carpet Ride plays on in the background <laughs> while the credits roll. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Well, while we're talking about the Predator, cool, cool, there were some cool things that they reimagined a little. Like they, they, As far as through all the movies, they've kept the Predator relatively the same. And I like that this version was a little bit more primitive. Um looked different uh physique was different he looked more like athletic like a track and field kind of athlete you know really lean slender tall um i like that the technology was advanced but still a, a little bit more primitive than what we've seen in previous movies like it doesn't use lasers well it has like a tracking laser but it shoots spears instead of a you know a oh yeah laser okay beam. yep so that 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 speaks to what I was talking about, how the technology... The technology actually is a little bit different in this one, I guess. Yeah, just a little bit. You know, the mask was a little bit more primitive, looked more like bone. Maybe it came... His mask came from something he killed uh, on another planet, something like that. I don't I, I just appreciated the, the, the little changes. Um, you know, there's no mesh shirt in this one, which uh, the Predator favored in the first couple movies. <laughs> <laughs> him and my dad actually <laughs> <laughs> that's the second time arnold schwarzenegger faced down something in a mesh shirt <laughs> i wonder if this is something in his contract <laughs> in commando he the, the main villain 
wears a mesh shirt the whole movie. I think I'm going to bring the mesh shirt back. You should, man. <laughs> you should. Like a, a half shirt, mesh shirt. Yeah, dude. Like, I think that'd be a good look to bring on stage. <laughs> um, but definitely like a cool monster and uh, the, the the cloaking device that they use so much in all the other movies is 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 great uh although in this one like it's a little inconsistent like it sometimes it's cloaked but it's clearly something walking around you can see it and other times it's completely invisible i guess that's sort of in all the movies but you know m- minor minor complaint about that and also um, that kind of makes me think that the predator is a little bit of a bitch if he needs to be fucking invisible <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, the Predator definitely has an unfair advantage. I mean, they've established in all these movies that it kills what's a threat to him. But is anything a threat to him? I mean, like, this thing is really, really hard to kill throughout all these movies. I mean, the Predators get, you know, stabbed, shot, you know, impaled, arms chopped off, and it just keeps coming. You know, it's (laughs) it's a very 80s sort of idea, like the unstoppable killing machine. It is a very tenacious uh, alien. Let's let's you know for, for sure it is you know yeah it's very driven for its uh, trophies um, still have yet to get a predator movie that expands really beyond that and uh, yeah but yeah the predator itself was cool but what what about the the human characters what did you think about that all right I had a couple couple issues with the human <laughs> the way the human characters are portrayed I feel like their their dialogue was like modern in a weird way yes you know yes I, mean? I have that written down right here yeah. yeah it's like you know i mean obviously uh, i don't really know how people talk back then but they seem like very contemporary speech patterns like the things they were saying it's almost like they were using slang and that's like current speech you know like i was almost yeah. expecting uh tabe to be like yo dude like let's you know <laughs> it wasn't that bad but it was very, it was, um, yeah, very much like not. Uh, it kind of took me out of it a little bit, I guess. Oh, totally. There was two instances that stood out to me, and where one guy is what you're talking about—a monster from a children's book. And I thought they had publishing companies back then. <laughs> I mean, uh, wouldn't it be like a children's just thing, like from a children's story? Like there, change one word makes more sense. And at one point, uh, no, uh, our, our, our heroine comes out from behind the trees and the other tribes, uh, people in the tribe of the arrow show, like, hey, you want to get shot? Like, yeah. it almost sounded like they were implying, like, they shot with, like, a gun. Like, it, it was a strange choice of words, I thought. So that, that's I exactly, totally agree with you there. Exactly. It kind of takes you out of it. And, um, and also there's a scene with a wolf and wolves never, ever, ever hunt alone they always hunt in packs right big um, fucking big oversight in my opinion yeah yeah that's interesting see i didn't even think about that but that's a that's a good point um i'll say this also while we're talking about the language of the movie why would, this should not have been in english i would have been comfortable if it was in a native language and we had to you know it'd be like watching uh you know like watching these italian movies that me and mike are always talking about you know <laughs> you know, I would have yeah, loved. I would have loved that. I, I get the decision you're trying to make a crowd pleaser, and they do that thing that so many movies like this do, where they start off speaking the native language and slowly transition into English. Um, which, yeah, uh, you know, 
Apocalypto, he, you know, he, like, which this movie has been compared to, uh, and it does have some, some similarities. Um, but that movie was all in its, I can't remember the exact language, but it was, none of it was in English. And that made sense. And I think this would have benefited from that. Um, I guess there is a dubbed version you can watch. Oh. Of this dubbed in Comanche, but I hate watching dubbed movies. Oh, you know, you unless mean, it's, it's like, like a, it's almost like a, you would be watching like a Shaw Brothers, like Kung Fu movie or something, except that they're not speaking English. Yeah, it, it's dubbed by the actors, but it's still dubbed, and I hate dubbed movies. It, uh, it was a weird, you know, just why not just make it in Comanche? I think I think most people know how to read who are watching a Predator movie, you know? Well, especially since this was released as a streaming-only film, and which is also kind of an experiment, I guess. Why not be more experimental and see what people's reaction would be to a film that's in a foreign language, you know? Yeah, and I guess you alienate some of the boneheads because I have friends who are like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like watching, you know, subtitles." Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's never been a problem for me. So you get used to it pretty quick. I watch movies in English with subtitles because I'm, you know, deaf. I do um, the same, actually. Especially yeah. if, like, so a lot of times Br- British films, you know, like if they're speaking like real, like dialect, like real, 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 like colloquialisms, like. I have to have the subtitles on because I can't understand these people, you know? Oh, yeah. I remember watching the Ken Loach movie, uh, Sweet 16, that's, you know, in Scotland, and I had to have the subtitles on for that because they're basically speaking a different language. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the, yeah, the Scots, I mean, no no disrespect. Anyone out there is from Scotland. I, I fuck with you guys. You guys are awesome, but I can't understand most of you motherfuckers when you speak, man. Sorry. Yeah, we toured with a Scottish band, and I found a couple of them very hard to understand, understand, especially when they were talking to each other. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just just a, an odd choice. And, you know, like you're saying, I watched this with subtitles on. Another interesting choice the movie made, everything that's not spoken in English isn't subtitled. Like the French, so, you mean? Yeah, I was, I was wondering if you had the same thing, or if it was just, like, the TV. I don't know. I was like, oh, that's... That's weird. Well, the the subtitles that I watch because I I I have the subtitles is on on Netflix. Or I'm sorry, on Hulu yeah. rather. Yeah, and yeah, the subtitles same. came up in French. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. I, 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 yeah, inter- I was wondering if it's like, oh, if you're trying to see this from the Comanches people point point of view, where you don't understand what they're saying, unless you speak French, then you completely understand <laughs> what they're saying. Well, it's funny because you know I do speak a little French. And I'm better at reading it than than when listening. So I was still oh, okay. kind of able to, like, by reading the subtitles in French, I was able to kind of figure out what they were saying. Yeah. And that's, uh, um, did, did, did you miss anything? I feel like I didn't really miss anything. No. Yeah. I mean, you kind of had, you kind of got the vibe of what's going on just by, like, seeing their actions. You know what I mean? And that's another like scene in the movie that feels like I, I mentioned before. This movie feels like, thematically very on the nose. Like uh, you know, there's like you know, people say things that are just so obvious. Like, what are you doing hunting? You should be back there cooking. Like you could have punched that up a little bit. Yeah, it was a little, little heavy-handed. You know what I mean? It's and like you, you, yeah, you literally have a scene of everyone in the tribe walking one way. 
Omnari is walking the other way. So, you know, visually again, like, oh, that's kind of on the nose. Right. And, and, and that's like my biggest criticism these days where it's like these films just really go really hard in that direction where like when it's done in a, in a very creative way, you, you just absorb the uh, information and it's not, doesn't feel so like forced, like not, not to get off the topic, but like Adam Neville's novel, The Reddening, the main mm-hmm. character, the main character is a woman. And I was reading and halfway through the novel, I was like, it, I hit the realization to me was like, oh wow, there's like a f- female, very strong female character just doing, just doing badass shit. You know, it's like not like Neville didn't, you know, frame it up like it's some patriarchal uh, rejection or anything. It's just like, all right, cool. We have a great character. She's female. She's doing awesome stuff. Very, very cool. You know, it didn't have to be like framed up as like in a very heavy handed manner. And that's like a common thing that just happens in these films, man. These like mainstream films, you know, and it's like, all right, cool. I get it. You know, European men, you know, I get it. I understand, you know. Yeah, and also with the, the writing of this, they also like sort of bolster the main character by making everyone around her kind of stupid. Well, like, with the exception of her brother, that he he's very capable. It doesn't seem stupid. Well, the okay, so the, the you know they're all master hunters. They're all good at their roles. And but they seem to ignore glaringly obvious things. Like she finds a track, and they're like, "Oh, it's probably a bear." That's obviously not a bear track. Okay, <laughs> someone yeah, I get, whose I get. entire existence is to hunt would know that. They would also be smart enough to know to like, "Hey, maybe we should listen." Like, there's something else out there. But they're all just so dismissive. And I get why they might, you know, like make maybe dismissive of someone who's not supposed to be a hunter. She's supposed to be a, a home cooking or whatever. Uh, I get that, but there there could be a more clever way to do that other than making these people just so glaringly stupid. Like, you're like, how did you survive this long if you see what's clearly not a bear track and go, oh, could be a bear? <laughs> or like, you, you know what I mean? It just felt like, again, very on the nose. These characters are all one-dimensional with the exception of the lead character, who I think is, is a, a great character, well-written. Everyone around her... I think is written poorly and uh, you, you know, it tries to have this like, you know, this meaningful dialogue where like the brother goes, you tell the lion, this is it. This is as far as you go. No more for you. I can't remember the exact, but it was like, oh, it was a little eye rolling. You're like, gee, is that going to come back? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was definitely, you, you almost, even the first time around, I was like, oh, well this guy's not going to make it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and uh, uh, it was all. And then, and then you get the fur trappers again. An interesting idea, uh, an idea that Apocalypto just hinted at with one shot at the end of the movie. And I thought it was better than anything they did in, in, in this movie, as far as you know, the French coming in and you know, they're just sort of um, disrespectful to the land, and they skin a bunch of buffalo and just like, leave their carcasses around, and they're very one-dimensional villains in a movie with already a very big one-dimensional villain so and their motivations didn't make sense to me why are they trying to capture the predator i I was off i was questioning that myself actually and um and i feel like they literally were in the movie just to have um 
a commentary, a dialogue about Europeans, really, you know? Yeah, I thought more of, like, they need someone, uh, like, they need more things for the predator to kill. Like, we need more action. And we just don't want to have this thing slaughtering native people, so let's bring in some French fur trappers and have them just get fucking massacred. And their motivations made, made no sense. Like, we want to, I understand why there'd be friction between the native people and the French, obviously, that that would... sure. That alone could be very interesting, but uh, uh, they detour from their from their uh, mission, and they want to capture the predator. But uh, why? Uh, it doesn't didn't make any sense to me. Like, I think they would be just as mystified, mystified, and terrified of this thing as as, as anyone else. Okay. And they don't have yeah, they don't have like all oh, this thing killed my last crew. They just killed my brother. It's just nothing. It's just like these are like comically villain villainous. You know, Frenchmen. Um, you know, they were so stereotypical. I'm surprised they weren't going like, oh, and have flies buzzing around their head. You know, it, it was. It, it wasn't like like, oh, okay, this is it. I check out. Like, I, I but it, it was a little eye-rollingly one-dimensional for me. What I was hoping this film would be was like more like this kind of like Jack London, like White Fang. You know, like. Uh, like lone hunter against the elements and hunting this thing that's hunting it. You know what I mean? Like it's when I first saw that this film was a tie in, in the predator universe and it was taking place in like, uh, you know, ancient America, basically North America. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, this might be a really cool riff on that whole thing. It might, it might have like that kind of, uh, you know, like I said, like a like almost like a Jack London like vibe to it, but it really didn't, and it just ended up becoming like super heavy handed. I thought. Yeah, no, I I'm with you there, man. Like if this movie like was just all about her going out by herself, battling the element, battling the predator, and like maybe like this sparse dialogue here and there, you know, and she runs into the fr French trappers, or and, you know, there's there's some conflict there, but. Yeah, everything else, I think the commentary they're trying to make, it, it's, it could have been done in a much more clever way, and the movie would have been better for it. You know, make it just, just her, just her out there for 90 minutes. You know, maybe a little, like, you know, 10 minutes set up and everything like that. Um, and then just, yeah, just, just almost, like, dialogue-free kind of, like, survival movie. That would have been awesome. That would have been incredible, man, if there was, like, no dialogue in a lot of this film and just this impressionistic sort of exploration of like loneliness and fucking fear and anxiety and stuff like that that would have been great yeah and i think yeah you know like that's that's kind of how you would you know bring something new to this franchise i did to me i thought this thing was dead but the last movie so when i heard they were making another one i was like oh you know i'll watch it but i don't really care at this point um but yeah, instead, like any moment they get to to to, to like be heavy handed, they do like okay. There, there's a scene in the movie. Say you've never seen a Predator movie before. This is the first one you've seen, and there's a there's a, a scene where we see Nairo. She looks at the sky, and there's almost looks like there's a fire moving through the clouds. I mean, you know that's the setup. That's the villain, and that's a cool way to introduce like oh, there's something out there. We're not sure what it is. And then a few moments later, we get a horrible CGI shot of the spaceship coming down and dropping something off. And it just, again, it's very unnecessary. You could cut that, like, you know, 20-second scene, however long it was, and the movie's better for it. 
like it, it almost like we need to explain to you that this thing comes from a spaceship from outer space. It needs to beat you over the head with it. Whereas I thought her just seeing the fire in the sky was a much cooler way to introduce the villain of the movie. I also kind of wish they would lean, would have leaned more into like, uh, like indigenous mythology and stuff like that. And that's what I was kind of hoping it would end up. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe like, like say in, in our version of this movie that we're talking about that we want to see, see some sort of drawing somewhere of this thing. You know, because like I said, they mentioned before, oh, you're talking about a monster from a children's book. Well, that would have been a much cooler like setup, like had tie that in somehow to the movie thematically. Yeah, or even like you know, maybe do a little bit of research <laughs> and like figure it out because I'm yeah. sure there's all kinds of monsters. Like every mythology has like monsters from the sky and you know things like that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Her battling something from her childhood fear, something like I don't know anything, but. You know, I don't have a problem with any of the themes in this movie. I just have a problem with, with how they're handled. Uh, I, I, I just want to point that out. I don't have a problem with the girls kicking ass and, and you know, beating up a predator. Like, I'm totally fine with all that, obviously. But you know what? Uh, not, not just, just to – she didn't do it on her own, though. That's, they even shoot themselves in the foot with the female badass motif, too. Really? Yeah, like at the end. You remember um, her brother kind of fucks him up a little bit at the end. That's true. The brother does sort of uh, do a, a heroic thing. Yeah, so even and, even and with, all, with all this, uh, what's the term they use, the kids use these days? Uh, virtue signaling and all that? Right. Like, is that the right use of that term? I don't even know if I'm using that I'm not right sure. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but I get what you're trying to say. Yeah, like... Even though they're building up this badass female character, but they're not really going the whole distance with it because they still needed her brother to kind of soften him up, you know? True, yeah. Like, she, he saw him and she gets away so she can do battle uh, with the Predator. And I like that she uses her wits to right. beat, beat the Predator, which, you know, kind of calls back to the first one where... Arnold Schwarzenegger and his team have all these muscles and all these guns, and it doesn't mean shit against this thing. And in the end, he's battling with mud, sticks, and stones. And um, it, it feels like Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't so much outsmart the player as he just gets lucky. Yeah, <laughs> you know no, what that, I mean? that's exactly what it is. Like, it's almost by chance that he escapes. You know, I mean, it is by chance that he escapes. Yeah, and I like this. Like, we've established her as very smart intuitive learns very quickly she uses her wits to, to to beat this thing she figures it out and and and, and she beats it. it it doesn't come out of nowhere it's not like all of a sudden like her brother's dead now i'm the fucking main warrior no it's like you, you see throughout the whole movie that this is a kind of person who can use their skill set to to get out of this situation it doesn't come out of nowhere this term mary sue i, I i'm not even sure what it means i guess it means a character who's just good at everything for no reason. I never even heard that term. That's got to be yeah, some like I, some like far right like fucking like MAGA like shit. You know what I mean? Pro yeah, probably like the people crying about this movie and like you know it's like hey, you, you should be happy you got a decent Predator movie. I mean, did you see the? Did you see the last one? Did you see Shane Black's Predator? Nah, the only the only Predator movie I've seen in recent times and it's not even recent is the one with Adrian Brody in it. Yeah, I saw that in the theater. What do you think of that one? Yeah, you know, 
It was all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I didn't watch the ones after it, honestly. Well, Shane Black's a filmmaker I really admire. I was very excited that he was going to, like, you know, and, and he's in the first Predator movie. He's the first one to be killed by a Predator. Right. Um, I was kind of curious of what he'd bring to it, and uh, that movie, I'm going to recommend watching it because it's such a disaster. It's so bad. It's it, all interesting to watch how, like, you know, you can just pick the wrong guy for the job and then try to interfere and make something bad even worse. But interesting in that regard. Um, but uh, anyway, I don't even know what the fuck my point was. Mary Sue, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> um, I also am tired of all these fucking terms, you know? I really am, man. It's just like, it, it's these smarmy fucking bullshit reductions that people use to describe things it's like why not just like become more articulate and express yourself instead of using oh mary sue you know like who the fuck you know i, I don't even know what that that means mary sue yeah well, okay you, you can look it up after this yeah but i i first heard of it from when the new star wars movies came out and all these guys were <laughs> furious that the you know the main character is going to be a woman i, I got it and, right here. Uh, i got the, i got the definition all right oh okay Mary just in. Just in. Mary Sue is a term used to describe a fictional character, usually female. I mean, you know, okay, usually, who is seen yeah. as too perfect and almost boring for lack of flaws. Huh, okay. Hmm. Uh, I don't think that applies to the main character. She, she tries several times and fails. I just got some uh, further, further intel here. The term Mary Sue was coined by Paula Smith in the 1973 parody short film, A Trekkie's Tale, as the name of a character standing in for idealized female characters widespread in Star Trek fan fiction. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, it is a waste of my time. Fuck this. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to know any more about this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean... Yeah, I, I didn't get any. Like I said, I normally I try to ignore that stuff, but this has been on for a couple of weeks now. I watched it a couple of weeks ago, and I kind of wanted to freshen up on it. And uh, I just ended up watching it again because the things I was reading was just making me angry. And you just can't enjoy anything anymore without someone butting in with something, some stupid commentary um, uh, anymore. It's just it's it's absurd. Um, I, uh, I, I think what we got here is, you know, a movie we didn't necessarily need, but it's here and we have it. So is it good or not? That's, and that's really all it comes down to. That's, that's my, 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 uh, uh, my theory behind everything. Like, I feel that way about remakes, legacy sequels, reboots, whatever. Is it good? Well, and that's all that matters. What, what kind of grade would you give this? If, if uh, you know, what, what's your, final analysis of this uh this this film i'm gonna go three and a half. Oh. okay um which is about a b for me which is about where this movie lies for me i think it's good it's entertaining it's got some glaring flaws for me i think it's clumsily written uh, a lot of the characters are one-dimensional uh the cgi which i hate to harp on that kind of stuff because it's kind of hacky. Just the whole CGI sucks. It's not good in this, and there is a lot of CGI animals in this. I think the dog is the only thing that isn't CGI, and even at some point, I couldn't tell if it was real or not. 
<laughs> um, and but ultimately, you know, like my problems with it aside, it's good. It's a solid, entertaining monster flick that goes down fairly easy. There's some inventive kills. There's a great one take shot where Naru is battling like uh, the French trackers, uh, fur trackers, and it's all done in like one shot, and it's really, really good. There's a lot of good stuff in this movie, but there's also some things that were just like, oh man, if it just tweaked this a little, it could have been, you know, four, four and a half. Uh, well, maybe four. <laughs> um, because it is, again, it's Predator 5. We've seen this. This is the fifth time we're seeing this. These kind of movies are all very similar. And, uh, but ultimately, it's good, is my final analysis. This is a good movie. It's worth your time. What about you? I'm going to give it two grades, okay? Okay. Because I, I didn't enjoy this movie at all, actually. <laughs> I, I was bored. Um, I kept thinking about other things while I was watching this movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like I was like, I wonder if I need to do laundry tonight. I wonder if, um, did I lock the, the door to the car? You know, did, did uh, you know, is there a a, a asteroid headed towards the planet earth that's going to hit any minute now um, so these are the kinds of thoughts that were going through my head when i was watching the movie everything but the film so for me mm. my, for mike hill this is a 2.5 for mike hill mm, okay right? but if you for, for everyone else out there if like not everyone but if you're out there and you just want to see monsters and like a really well shot film and um you know, action. And, and I, I even challenge that the action isn't really that good in this movie. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, there's say, some weird editing choices. I'll agree with you there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say three for, for most other people. Not okay. most, or for anyone out there who fits the profile of that, just want to see a cool-looking, you know, predator. And and the thing is, for me, maybe it's because I'm an old man. Like, I've already seen my share of the predator films. I still really like the first two, maybe. You know, and the one with Adrian yeah. Brody I thought was cool, but I really didn't need another movie in this universe, you know? Agreed. Yeah, that's kind of like like how I feel about, it. like I said, Alien, Terminator. There's only so much life in these ideas. And this one brought it back to basics, which I think was a smart choice, and it's executed well, like you said. It looks, it's a slick-looking movie. Um with some flaws, it's it's good. You want yeah, monsters, blood, guts. It, it's got a, it's got all that. And um, if you're a fan of very <laughs> heavy-handed themes, you're gonna you're gonna love this. And I certainly don't begrudge anyone who thinks this is like loves this. It's the best part of their movie. You know, you know, good for good for you. I still think like OG is the best. It's always probably going to be the best. Um, but we'll see because I'm sure that we're going to get more of these. Like, now they're going to say, well, this was intended as a trilogy oh, <laughs> of, of prequels. I'm, I'm sure it's something like that is coming. They even kind of hint at it in the, in the, in the uh, closing credits. I don't know if you caught that. No. Um, you know, kind of ends with, like, drawings. Like, I guess they're meant to be, like, you know, like, you know, folk uh, lore drawing. Like, kind of like what we were talking about. And the last one is of a spaceship coming back down. I don't know uh, if they're hinting that, like, oh, there's going to be more, and you know, maybe that, you know, the predator's going to be the downfall of civilization. I, I don't know. It seemed to hint at something. 
Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know there's more common, man, unfortunately, you know? Yeah. But, uh, and you know. if Mike, I wanted to ask you if, if they make a six one, what would you like to, what, what would, what would a good, what would you like to see in one of these? If you absolutely have to see Predator Six, well, what would you like to see? I would like to see one where the the Predator wins at the end, where he just like, because it's like for a, such a badass character. How this is the sixth movie? Is this the sixth one or the fifth? This is the fifth one, not counting the uh, Alien versus Predator. This is the fifth Predator movie. All right, so out of five films, these all all five motherfuckers got killed at the end, right? Mm. So these guys are supposed yeah. to be these like master hunters. Get the fuck out of here! If that, if that, after <laughs> after five movies, not one of these motherfuckers survives. Come on, I want to see if Predator. If if they make Predator Six, I want him to just come down and just fucking lay waste to some motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting because I have like a completely different idea. <laughs> oh yeah, what's your idea? <laughs> well, you got a lot of threads still dangling from the previous movies. Tie them all in and make the like just one big finale. Arnold Schwarzenegger's character still alive from Predator One. Oh, Danny yeah. Glover, Glover from Predator Two still alive. The fate of Adrian Brody and the and the woman <laughs> Amy something. Um, their fate is sort of left dangling. You don't know what happened to them. But they're Bring they're like in, they're fold. they're in the future though. Are they? They're, they're in a, a different planet. They're in a different they're planet, in, and they're in a different timeline than Danny Glover and, and Schwarzenegger. Are they? Because I think I remember them mentioning at least something about we. Uh, no, they do. They do mention Dutch. Oh, it, 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 they okay. do mention like, oh yeah, this thing came down. Only one survived. All right, um, but there, there, there's some intergalactic shit going on with them though. Like they're in another right. planet. Okay, all right. But their fate, yeah, exactly. Their fate is unknown. So bring all those characters back. Just forget that the fourth one even exists. Because that's the thing you can do with movies now. <laughs> the, the Halloween movies, you know? Right. Uh, the new series just pretending all the sequels don't exist, which, you know, obviously I'm fine with. Um, I would like to see that. Like, I would like some, to see some closure with Schwarzenegger and Glover and, and Brody and those guys. Bring them all back. I, I don't know. That, that, that could be fun and, and interesting. And, yeah, maybe, you know, to your point, maybe everyone dies at the end and the Predator goes away laughing. He's got Arnold Schwarzenegger's fucking head as a basketball. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for, for such a bad, a pur purportedly badass race of Predators, these guys get taken out an awful lot, you know? Yeah, that's for something that's so hard to kill. And, you know, um, yeah, do something like that because another movie with the same thing where the same things happen, like, we, we really don't need it. And I, I do appreciate this movie did something different, different group of people, different time. Um, you know, maybe, like, you know, in the next one, maybe have someone from uh, that bloodline represent that because she'd be long dead, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> unless, oh, here's a, the alien, the predator take her onto their ship and somehow into the future or something. I don't fucking know. They, they, they find a way to keep, get her involved. Um, but yeah, just something to wrap it up. Something, something different. Cause we, we've seen this five times now and more if you count the alien versus predator movies. So yeah, I agree. Not bad. This is pr pretty well executed, fun movie. I enjoyed watching it. I was not, I, I, unlike you, I was not bored. Yeah. I couldn't wait 
to not watch it. <laughs> like I was like <laughs> thinking about like like oh man, did I leave the the, the light on? Uh, you know, in, in the bathroom. <laughs> like you know that those are the thoughts I had, man. Oh, let me check to make sure the laundry might be done. You know, this you know I have to. Oh, did I, I maybe have to turn the dishwasher on? You know, anything yeah. to get away from it. You know. All right. Mm, all right. <laughs> I'm being a little hyperbolic right now. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why we're here, man. I think this is the first time I've graded something higher than you. You might be right, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, there you have it. Predator Five, better known as Prey, on Hulu. Uh, if you have Hulu, you can stream it. Or I'm pretty sure if you don't, you can rent this um, somewhere. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's for rent somewhere. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Later. People say, I you got money. I say, man, I just got some money, and I know how easy it is to lose it. You know what I'm saying? I know how one mistake can cost you it all. I didn't come for money. I came from the dark side, and I'll never want to go back there. Just so